0: Wrestling Nerds Radio Network true. presents The Golden Guys. Thank you for being a nerd. Hosted by Rick, the Susman, Sussman, Sussman, and Maximus, Chad Allen.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new show on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network because we feel like we need to to add some more content and gosh darn it we we will because we can. Uh, this is a show called The Golden Guys uh, and this started off in a very interesting way I I do believe where um, oh by the way I'm Chad Allen uh, I am Cocculus Maximus for those of you that listen to the IndieCast. Uh, with me is my is my uh, co-host on this one Rick the Sussman Sussman who is with me as well Rick well. Uh, Welcome to the first episode.
0: Yes, and welcome welcome
1: to you having me, which is also yeah. very important and should not uh, go without uh, at least a modicum of congratulations for bringing me on this show. Yes. So. It's very important that both of us are here doing things. Yes, so. <laughs> So uh, this, how this show kind of came about, and we'll explain kind of what it is a little bit, was I do believe, I don't think you're the one that said it, but this started on your show, uh, Russell Russell Cross, Whenever, uh, with Team Hammerfest. I think uh, your co-host Jesse had actually said something about you and me uh, doing a show like we were sitting on a porch drinking lemonade and just like talking about old old school wrestling like two old like two old men like the you know the, the Pepperidge farm remembers guys I think was kind of the, the overall idea of it
0: right right the, the concept that you know
1: was it better when
0: we were younger or are we just misremembering things for the sake of misremembering all of those came into play and and, and really the question isn't is that yes or no? The, the, the answer is always going to be yes. We, it, things are so much better when you're younger. Yeah, oh yeah. But is there something to that theory though? That that's the real question of, do we have enough memory to really go back and, and look at these things that when we were younger were actually kind of amazing, but maybe now with a, a proper skeptical eye, we find out that oh, you know what? It was actually crap. Right. Uh, at least that's sort of been my idea. And then, of course, if we're really lucky or really fortunate, we find out that, no, it wasn't crap. We, we are right. Some things are worth looking into. And that that's sort of where I think you and I found each other really wanting to dig in. And correct me if I'm wrong, of course, uh, but the idea of going back, and, and for me anyway, maybe for you too, Chet, reliving some of those early matches that maybe I wasn't around for, but like I went and saw, or I went on my way to go to the local blockbuster. Yes, those existed, children. Yeah. They really were
1: there, and, uh, and and see some of these amazing matches. Well, I'm rambling. For uh, pardon me, okay. Please. L- so remind me, Rick. Real, in- quick, <laughs> real quick. Remind me how how old are you? Let's let's kind of set the set the tone for the old man on the porch setup here. Yes, I uh, I am of the tender age of uh, thirty six as of okay. April. So uh, you know, I, I still got some time. So we're uh, it, it's still good. So it's we're only good. about so we're only about five six years apart because I turned forty two this year. I officially am the answer to to life and everything at life and everything in it this year. Um, so <laughs> nice reference. Thank you. So we're, <laughs> I did bring a towel. Thank you. Good. You should always have your towel. <laughs> um, yes. But we, um, so we're not too too far apart. But it, it it is interesting to note that like when I got into wrestling, which is in about 1983, when I was about six, you were, I believe, just being born. So I
0: I was I was a grand age of
1: one, depending
0: right. on which WrestleMania you were uh, looking at, while you were six. Right. But it's it's important because. The difference between you and I, I suppose, is I was always into wrestling. From being from South Florida and having a TV that only got a couple of channels, one of those being TBS, it was very quick for me. So I was always there, and I guess that that is a good enough segue as any to, to talk. What, what is tonight's topic, Chad? What are we going to get into on our first our seminal
1: episode? here? Well, on the on the breakthrough episode, I think we we have to talk about what many could probably consider as. One of the most important moments in professional wrestling history, uh, which would be the beginning, ultimately the the beginning of true Hulkamania. Uh, Hulk Hogan in January of 1984, and by the way, this match is on the uh, WWE Network. If you want to go watch this for yourself, like I did yesterday, to remind myself about kind of how the match went, uh, was. Hulk was uh, Hulk Hogan versus then world champion The Iron Sheik, who uh, maybe about three weeks before that, also in Madison Square Garden, um, because they ran the garden a lot back in those days. Um, the Iron Sheik had just won the belt in dubious fashion over then world champion Bob Backlund. Uh, Backlund was then quote unquote injured uh, due to uh, you know the camel clutch. The uh, most could... move in all of pro wrestling. Exactly. And um, so he was replaced by the recently signed from the AWA, Hulk Hogan, uh, who came in and like thunder and lightning uh, in very, in very short time. When we'll talk about that in a minute, too. Um, <laughs> um, completely just took, you know, came in like, like I said, like a house, of you know, like a house of thunder and ended up winning the title starting Hulkamania and this long reign as champion that Hogan would have for I think something in the area of about 5 years before he finally lost it um and kind of went from there so it, it's really the point where I think modern day wrestling if you if you're looking for that uh that certain point in history that uh you know that if Doctor Who went back in time simply cannot be changed that's a set, set point in history um that that started prof- that really started national professional wrestling.
0: Oh, I, I think that is absolutely it. Uh, you can look back. You could say Hulk versus Andre, and yes, that is certainly an important time. But it's you got to remember that was WrestleMania three. Yeah, you know, they, they had already really been cranking these things out, and Andre. That was pretty much the end of his career. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people will look at that, but Hogan beating Sheik, which people don't know, was a long time before the Andre matchup. Yeah, um, well, a long time, relatively speaking. Um, that's really the moment, and. I gotta tell you, you went back and watched it. I'll, well, uh, do you mind if I start with my and and I'll uh, you know give you my my feelings no, and we can go. sort of ping
1: pong. How go, does that sound? Go right ahead. All right,
0: ping pong is a good sport for two guys who don't like to
1: move a lot. Yeah, so exactly. I figure that's a good analogy. Um, I
0: went back and I did what you did. I, I, I had these great memories of this match, and I went back and I, I found it on YouTube just sort of kill time at work on lunch. I knew we'd be talking about it. and I said, you know, damn, I I haven't I haven't really watched that match in a long time. And I went back and I watched it. And the first thing I saw when Hogan uh, before Hogan even comes out is they they had a backstage segment <laughs> with uh, with Freddie Blassie, who at the time is known as. The manager of the Iron Chief. But he couldn't just be the manager, could he, Chad? No, of course not. No, nah, no. Nah. He is the Ayatollah, Freddie Vlasi. So really getting into those early to mid-80s uh, political issues, just right off the kisser. Beautiful, beautiful. And Blassie does his normal pencil neck geek thing, and they kind of play up that Hogan isn't really this guy, you know, that was supposed to be Backlund, but, you know, he's hurt because the Sheik kind of sat on him a little bit, and, oh, that's the end of him. And then they go and talk to the Champ. <laughs> the Sheik doesn't even get to finish his promo <laughs> before me and Gene just cuts him off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Means, Sir, means I you. ask
0: you, I ask you, how did you feel about that portion?
1: <laughs> well, first, first things first, uh, Blassie is, Blassie doesn't get nearly as much credit as I think he deserves some days in the pantheon of amazing, wrestling, of amazing wrestling managers. Um, because a lot of people obviously go Heenan and Heyman and guys like that, but <laughs> going back and watching uh, Freddie Balassi in in all his glory is absolutely hysterical, and the fact that he's talking about how, yeah, Hogan is big, but he's uh, he's got the Iron Sheik uh, training against guys that are six nine and six foot ten, and he's putting them all he's got them all in the camel clutch, and they're all they're all giving up because the camel cl- doesn't matter how big you are, the camel clutch will take down anybody. Was just absolutely amazing, um, but yeah, then Sheik goes off into a speaking Iranian. I uh, don't know what he's saying. Couldn't begin to tell you. It did sound like he repeated the same thing a couple times, which he probably did. Um, but, yeah, mean Gene, mean Gene Okerlund's a dick and just completely cut him off. <laughs>
0: This is the champion of the world. Right. This is the man who unseated the unseatable. Right. He stopped Bob Backlund. Could you imagine if this was real sport and they go up to the champ and they're like, well, champ, you beat Mike Tyson in round one. Nobody saw it coming. Do you have any comments? Well, the first thing I'd like to say, all right, well,
1: go screw yourself. We're yeah. leaving. Goodbye. Exactly. And they did legitimately like cut It's like. It's not like, you know, he, he even started to do the promo in English then, and Ogreland's like, well, we're out of time. See ya. Like, what the hell was that? Who, who booked this? This is your champion,
0: and you right. can't even let him have two and a half minutes. So
1: let's, oh. let's take a step back into K, out of kayfabe here for a moment, though. Even if sure. we know what this situation is, that should be the moment right there where Iron Sheik knows he's screwed. Because if there... <laughs> Just like if Okerlund's completely blowing off your promo, and you're about to go out and defend, you're probably in trouble. Um, that's just the way it's going to be. So.
0: Uh, you, so, so the next the next thing is we have our grand entrants, and oh, oh my God, did they have entrances back back in the '80s? Those entrances, I, mean- I, I'll be honest with you. I, I fast-forwarded
1: through just about all of it. I couldn't take it. I don't know about you. <laughs> you mean just them walking to the ring and with nothing oh, going yes, on? Yes, I mean, yes, like-
0: well, well, walking to the ring and then, you know, they have the – I will say this. I did enjoy the championship introduction. I always enjoy that. I, yes. I, I love that they brought it back. I love an NXT where they dim the lights and, you know, make the fan uh, symbol thing start
1: spinning in the background. I, I like that. That's cool. But, man, oh, man, a so these guys take their time getting to the ring. Yes, which I think is, is kind of a harken back to, to that time frame when when, w, you know, when wrestling was trying to look like, at the time I'm sure they were probably trying to pattern themselves after boxing, that they're trying to, like, find that, you know, that definite, you know, this is a sport, this is, you know, actual physical competition, and these guys are kind of, even though one of them is coming out in, you know, a full, like, you know, Chic outfit with a big, you know, Iranian flag with the Ayatollah Khomeini's face right in the middle of it. I mean, it's, because yeah. we, 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 do we... Do we need to explain that to the younger, like, what
0: kind of slap in the face that is to Americans? Like,
1: so, a, a guy coming out with,
0: I guess, with, with, like, a big Bin Laden flag on it? I, I don't know. Is it, that even right?
1: Nowadays, this would be if we were to have... I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Um if we were to have a you know what okay, you know what I can compare it to right now? There is a gentleman in Mexico who runs a gimmick where he wears Trump gear and carries like an American flag to the ring. Oh man. Um oh, that's that's like the, that's like the guy in in the in the Georgia uh um circuit who goes around as the uh what is it the, the liberal? The yes. uh
0: what is it oh who he wears, calls himself the progressive liberal.
1: Right, who wears all the like the Hillary Clinton stuff.
0: Right. He goes right. into deep red states and gets pops. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so no, yeah, it's so it's very much that kind of situation. We we at the time in the in the early eighties had a serious situation where it looked like the US and Iran might go to like serious war. And the Ayatollah. I'll just Khome- remain the same for about thirty years. Yeah, a, we just don't have an we just don't have an Ayatollah Khomeini to like you know use as the the main heel point bad guy of, of that setup. So I <laughs> guess nice, now nice. I guess if nowadays somebody tried to do it, it would be like a Russian flag with Putin's face in the middle. That's I think the closest oh, we just had that though. That, that well, was Rusev. <laughs> that's true. That was Rusev. By the way, Happy Rusev Day. Um, so, oh, and
0: Happy Rusev Day to you, sir. Yes, absolutely.
1: But. Um, so, yeah, no, this is, like, this is the time frame, especially when, like, the evil foreign heel was probably really making its comeback. I think the, the nearest previous time to that would have been around World War Two time when you had, obviously, like, every German Nazi character make an appearance at that time. Like Fritz von Erich and Baron von Raske and stuff like that. So, um, and I'm sure it'll come around again at some point. But, um, but yeah, so that's definitely, like, Easy Heat one hundred and one, especially for that time frame, is that Iranian flag. So,
0: so, so we, we get to we get to the ring. They they do the intros. I, I liked it. How did you feel it? Did you did you feel
1: the the tingling? Did you feel the cockles warming? Uh, a little bit, because it is definitely one of those moments where you sit back and you realize. Like me is like you know forty one year old Chad sitting here, definitely knows what you know. Obviously, using my smarky brain knows what type of history historical moment this is. That, you know, this is, like I said, this is your flashpoint to basically everything that happened with the WWE after that. Hogan wins the title. It starts to, you know, he beats the Sheik. It starts to move into his feud with Roddy Piper. It leads us to WrestleMania 1, which goes amazingly well because Vince put, it, put everything on WrestleMania to work. Because if it didn't, he'd be out of business, but it worked. And now it's like the global phenomenon that it is now. Uh, me at like six—I don't remember if I think I, if I ever actually really seen this match at the time frame. Uh, I, I just don't remember if that was something that I, I necessarily remember seeing. Um, but you definitely knew by that point. Like it wasn't long before everybody knew who the hell Hulk Hogan was. That was just no surprise right. around us. So. right. But well, I, I mean, we've 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 danced
0: around it like earthquake finishing a match for a little <laughs> while now. Um, perhaps we should actually talk about the match itself.
1: Yes, Chad. Um, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first on this one?
0: Well, I I, I want you to. Did you? We we uh, a little bit behind the curtain, everybody. Chad and I discussed this yesterday. Yes. <laughs> industry terms, um, and I asked him to write down what he could remember before watching the match of what he remembered the match being and how big and how great it was. Did, did so, you put down some notes to paper or anything like
1: that? Well, here's the, the one thing that I remember, because like I said, I don't remember seeing the match as a kid, but here's what the, the memory that came flooding back to me. Um, right. For Christmas one year, I definitely had gotten a, a, like a, a kid's wrestling book. Was like one of the um, like the kind of harder cardboard book type of deals, but I remember yeah. reading that and it talked about the story of Hulk Hogan winning the title and how like, you know, the Iron Sheik had had put this big beating on him and had locked him in the in this horrible camel clutch and hope you know Hulk by the will of all of his Hulkamaniacs, like threw him off with you know amazing power and then landed the huge leg drop. And won the title, and then fans were coming in from everywhere, and he went backstage, and, you know, Andre and the Junkyard Dog and all these people were celebrating with him, and it was like, you know, the end of a, you know, like... The frickin' end of Star Wars. You're so, you know, so. <laughs>
0: there, people are handing out medals,
1: right. ships
0: flying overhead, a large like,
1: man made of mostly
0: fur is screaming, there's yeah. all
1: kinds of things. Fireworks are being shot off, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> um, so that that's always kind of how I've had it in my head.
0: And, and so. I actually watched the match when I was about 11 or 12. I, again, I rented it from, from Blockbuster. I saw it somehow. And I remember before watching this, thinking, God! I remember this match goes on forever, and there's this crazy back and forth. And I know that Hogan eventually wins, but I, I know he powers out, and I know he hits. The, he hits the big leg drop. Wait, did he do the big boot? And then, I, and I couldn't. That was about as far as I got.
1: Right. And then I started watching the match. Well, that didn't take you. That didn't take you as long as you remembered, did it?
0: <laughs> no, no, it really didn't. It really didn't. Like, your first experience with porn, this was over quick. This was over <laughs> real quick.
1: Are you kidding? I've got my about, I'm probably on my millionth uh, experience with porn. It probably still is too quick. So.
0: Well, listen, you know, before we get off on that rant, we all know that we're just in it for timing purposes at this stage of our lives. Yeah. So that's either here or there. But, um... The the build. Like they get they lock up and immediately Hogan just starts doing every heel tactic.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, I can't even see I I'm gonna back you up here. There wasn't even an official lock up. Legitimately before uh. the bell rang, Hogan charged across the ring so like if if you had told me this match was reversed that like the iron cheek before the bell ring ran across and like double ax handled Hogan to try to immediately get an advantage over the larger opponent and, and take him down. I would completely believe that. 100% would have believed that. Nope. Six foot eight Hogan. at like the top of his, you know, the top of his physical prowess with legitimately the, you know, the, the 36 inch pythons or whatever the hell they were at the time. Um, Came screaming across the ring, and immediately just wailing on the Iron Sheik. It's like, and it's absolutely true. It's like every heel thing you could think of, he did right at the beginning of the match. Run, runs his robe over his head, beats him up, goon hockey
0: style. Takes his robe off of him, spits on him, chokes him with his own robe. After doing a clothesline, the ref just sort of looking at it, going, "I'll allow it. Yeah. No, no real concern." <laughs> But then, but then the amazing thing happens after Hogan rakes his eyes, rakes his back, does all the traditional Hogan heel maneuvers. What finally gets the Sheik in control?
1: Oh, shoot. Now I'm trying to remember. And I just watched the match yesterday. And I was, I think because I was so gobsmacked by the fact that Hogan was like cheating all the hell right there. And the, and the fans were che- cheering every minute. Of- Hogan
0: runs in, uh-huh. runs into the corner and Sheik moves.
1: Nice. yes yeah. <laughs>
0: That's the big moment. Sheik
1: should have just yelled, Olay. So so, yeah. so Hogan falls over like a sack of potatoes. Sheik starts working the back, and, and Ric Flair couldn't be more proud, I tell you. Oh, God. Um, A couple of stomps, and then I forget what happens, but Hogan, like, sandbags him or something, and Sheik just sort of screws it and says, all right, fine, Boston Crab. Yes. And now all of a sudden, there's a Boston Crab. Which, the Boston Crab, one of those... I've always had a thing where it makes me crazy when people lock one move that is very similar to what your finisher is. Right. So when he locked on the Boston crab, I'm just like, um, well, fucking turn around and just pick it up under the camel clutch. You're there. You're, you're there. You're on his back already. Just flip it, turn it. You'll be okay. But uh, oh. no, he went with he went with the the you know the Iranian went with the Boston crab in New York, right? So right. the perfect place for a Boston crab, I dare say. And then, uh, uh, well,
0: of course, of course. Uh, and um, I guess I can't remember. Does Hogan get out of that, or just she just sort of give up on it? Because you know, Sheik he, has about you
1: know. No, Hogan totally Hogan totally pushed up on it. That's the one where he did a push up. Right,
0: he does the big push up and does the leg kick. Yes, right. yes.
1: And then and like. From there, like Hogan tries to start to make a bit of a comeback on it, um, and then Cheek, i want—I I want to say it's like the loaded boot or something is what put him back down yes. again. The infamous. Well, she, first Hogan hits the big
0: boot right. for a count of literally one, right. which I was kind of stunned about.
1: Right, yeah, things—things things you would never see again for five hundred, Alex, in in the rest of Hogan's career—is right. a one count on a you know any of his moves, but, um, so he hits the boot, he loads the boot up, uh, there's a big to-do about the boot, he kicks him in the back, and then after about, oh, three minutes of the match, right.
0: he get to the camel clutch, yes. right there. Exactly. Did, he was in that camel clutch for 25-30 minutes, right?
1: Um, maybe 25-30 seconds, you, you might be pushing <laughs> it there. Um, yeah, Hogan legitimately, like, Stands up and is giving the Iron Sheik basically a piggyback ride for a good, like, ten seconds before just careening him into the corner. Um, Like, crushing him in the corner with his back. Sheik does the almost, I I would almost, would you almost consider it almost, like, a little flare-floppish?
0: Yes, very much. Well, he had to position himself,
1: well, so course. he you know
0: he walks out and, and lays down and decides oh, this looks like a good enough place as to, to just die. Yeah. I guess it's
1: this, here. You know? this looks comfy, and <laughs> and then of course Hogan sees this opportunity to uh to you know to spam his finisher early. Um, someone <laughs> someone some apparently lo- someone apparently uh, loaded up a finisher early on the game there, and uh, you know when. <laughs> Went and hit the joystick to get the leg drop to hit. So, and that was it. And yeah.
0: that's your match. Yeah, that's it.
1: No, actually, no. Actually, we get we have to consider one other thing after the match here, which is which might be my favorite part is um, after the leg drop. Do you do you remember? So Hogan gets the belt. The referee puts the belt on him. Hogan is doing his um, mm. what hasn't become quite yet his trademark post match celebration, where he's starting to talk to the crowd and, and muscle a bit. Do you remember what's happening to the Iron Sheik at this point?
0: No, at that point, I, I just was, I was too much, my sides could only take so much the, shit, and I, you, I, I had to turn away.
1: You should go back and watch it, um, because that might be my favorite part of this. They legitimately have, like, the doctor's out, and they are trying to stretcher out the Iron Sheik. <laughs> they are trying to strap him down to a gurney and stretcher him out, and Sheik's basically like, Get the fuck off of me, you jabronis. And then tries to attack Hogan after the match. Which, of course, turns into Hogan just, like, throwing him back out of the ring again. Sheik grabs a chair, throws the chair in the ring. Hogan now has the chair and is like, come on in. I'll bait you with the chair, too, you dumbass. And they finally get Sheik to leave. But legitimately, for, like, possibly longer than the match, they were trying to get Sheik on a stretcher to stretcher him out. After the, you know, obviously pain-inducing leg drop that Hogan had just hit him with, so. Just okay. So
0: we we watched it. We, we've we've seen what is considered by many wrestling historians, ourselves included, to be one of the most important, the seminal match of most everyone's childhood. Certainly, the birth of Hulkamania. Yes. What
1: what did we watch? What, what did we actually see here, Chad? We watched a, a five-minute... See, the funny part is, though, in, in a strange way, we just watched a five-minute squash match that was, interestingly enough, though, and this is where a lot of people might disagree with me, but I, I believe this, a match that actually, for what what comes ahead of it, possibly actually needed to be a squash. See, I'm not
0: going to disagree with you. I'm really not. I have, as you do, this fond memory of this match because of how important it is. And even as a kid, I recognize, you know, how big of a moment this was. Right. I think we both were really hoping and praying and believing that this match went on for at least 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes. But let's let's be honest here. How many Hogan matches do you know that go that long?
1: I mean, I'm sure he's had some. I I couldn't tell you what they are. <laughs> that, exactly. Like Hogan. This, this was Hogan Andre. Gosh. I think was like ten minutes tops. I would love to look up how long Hogan Andre was.
0: Well, don't forget most of that is Andre. Well, you know what? We'll cover that in the future. I'm
1: yeah, sure exactly. Quick. But that's mostly Andre just dragging Hogan by his hair. Right. Um, but this
0: I wanted this to matter more from a wrestling standpoint. And and that might be my smarky brain being smarter than it needs to be. Right. This was not flare race. This was not flair anybody. This was two guys who they were kind of just sort of known for one thing. They came out, they did their thing, and you know what? You know who was really thrilled by this match? the crowd that yeah. loses its whole collective
1: mind. Oh, yeah, the crowd goes absolutely apeshit over it. I mean, Hogan, you could tell the second he walked out. And, again, you got to remember, this is before, like, really Hulkamania is a thing. I mean, he definitely had some interest. He was definitely a fan favorite. There's no question about that. But, yeah, when he walks out to, to start that matchup, the crowd goes crazy. And Hogan, for as he did for most of his career, looks like a freaking superhero. I mean, he was like the living embodiment. He was a walking superhero at that time. And it was, you know, it was impossible, um, you know, at that time frame to ignore the phenomena that, that he was and ended up, and even more ended up becoming as time went on. Um, it's hard to argue that, so.
0: I, I loved this match as a kid. I loved everything about this match as an adult. And looking at it now, you know, sitting on our, on our, on our virtual porch here, right. enjoying our, our virtual <laughs> sweet teas, I still think that the rose colored glasses don't even need to be put on. You watch it as we did, you laugh at the ridiculousness of it, but then you remember that this was a time before anything. Yeah. And loading up a big boot and hitting somebody in the small of the back, Seems pretty legitimate, so what? it is ridiculous, but it holds.
1: Yeah. Quite honestly, I'm mad more people don't still use the loaded the loaded boot technique. Um, I
0: think Raven was the last. I'm pretty sure. Quite
1: possibly, and you know the you know the person who I think should do it, and sadly he, he's not a bad guy. He's not a heel. He's not a bad guy, whichever you'd prefer. So he wouldn't huh? do it, but. Freaking um, Xavier Woods wears the exact same boots the Sheik did. Yes, he has the yes, curly toed to boots. Why? Why yes. is he not? Why is he not loading up the boot from time to time? I think that would be amazing. I think it's only because he's a good guy that they, that they don't do that. But I think I think Xavier Woods, if if the New Day ever turn heel or he is the he's the one that ends up being the Seth Rollins of the group and breaks it all up, should definitely start loading up the boot when he when he gets a chance because I think that's still amazing to this day. So. Well, sir, I, 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 think we've done it. I, I, I feel, I feel the vapors overtaking me. It might be time for me to lay down. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, if you are listening to this episode, first off, thank you, uh, thank you for uh, coming with us on this first journey here. If you have anything that is in the past there that you've got rose-colored glasses on that you'd be interested in us covering, uh, don't hesitate to you know uh, message us either uh, at IndyCast. Uh, for me or Indycast Maximus, you can use both of them. Uh, uh Rick, what are what are your uh, contacts? There are. Uh, give them you your. Twitter. Uh, yeah, you up? can reach me directly uh, at the read
0: pile t h e r e a d p i l e, or you can reach Jesse and I at Team Hammerfist. Um, and uh, you can find me on Twitter pretty much all day, uh, and I will talk to you about literally anything as I've mentioned time and time again I mark for myself and anytime I see a mention or a notification I freak out.
1: Yeah, you're like me as soon as somebody says something <laughs> we jump right on it actually you should, oh, yeah. you should see the, the whole little thread that I just started a little while ago about I'm booking concerts now apparently uh, because oh, we oh. just had Montesi on the uh, the IndieCast fairly recently who is the theme song king, he's got over 60 wrestlers he's done theme songs for um, on the independent scene uh, but I tagged him and another uh, another gentleman uh, named Mega Ran. I don't know if you know Mega Ran at all. Um,
0: I, I know of. I know of very
1: much so. He's a huge wrestling fan. He was actually in the ring during the rap battle that the Usos and the uh, New Day had. Um, yes. But he has an entire album that he's done that is just based off of wrestling stuff. And I put something out on Twitter that why don't these guys tour and do a wrestling related tour and apparently uh, they were both interested in doing it so if that happens uh, I would like full credit for that please so <laughs> so but anyway so yes contact us let us know what you'd be interested in us talking about we will be glad to go back to anything that's on the network if we can't find it on the network usually YouTube can uh, if we can't find it on there who knows maybe Pornhub um, you never know
0: you do have the B-movie. You can watch the B-movie on Pornhub. There you go. There's no porn. It's just a B movie
1: That's amazing. So, uh, Well, until, uh, until our next episode, everybody, we're coming off the porch right now. Uh, I am Chad Allen.
0: And I am the sussman, Rick Sussman.
1: And until next time, everybody, get the hell off our lawn. <laughs> That's going on the shirts, by the way. So... <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's great.
1: Good but night, great no matter what happens from this point forward, that is always the ending. There well we done. Go. Good well night. Done. Anyway, good night, everybody.